0: The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show.
1: Well, you can hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a and start playing.
0: The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Molitor Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, we start with a half-truth. That's probably a good way to start a Sunday morning. Good morning, Jack Morris is a South Beach Jack. Uh, He is uh, in Miami right now, All-Star Jack, so he is not here. I am here. Paul Molitor is here, and the Paul Molitor Show rolls on. Final Paul Molitor Show before we uh, head into the Twins and the Orioles, then the All-Star break, well-deserved after a uh, long first half here in 2017. Good morning, sir. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's, uh, you know, a beautiful day out here. We might get a little shower here early, but I think we'll be in good shape. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about playing today. I, I just think it's going to be a, a good game for us to try to head into the break, hopefully with the win. I mean, it just has that good feeling when you walk away here knowing you got four days off and you got another W in the right column. So uh, hopefully we have a good day.
0: You talked about that where we discussed it last week. Teams tend to go one of two ways into the break, and some teams limp into the break. Uh, Seattle is one of those teams right now. Baltimore was not playing great. And sometimes it's just a matter of whether it's injuries or bumps and bruises or just being tired and knowing you've got the four days coming. Some teams surge into the break. Now, you had said last week you suspected with this bunch you thought they had a surge in them, especially because you have so many young guys. And for the most part, that's been true over this home team.
1: Yes, you know, and I've, and I've gone into many breaks in, in different roles, and I've seen teams play well and poorly, and sometimes it's not a reflection of the mental state of the club heading into that stretch, it's just, you know, you get beat or whatever it is, but I, I what I like to protect against, at least the best that I can with, with, with my teams, are that, hey, it's it's very natural to drift ahead to some time off. We've been at this thing for five months since uh, we hit, hit Fort Myers uh, in mid-February, so uh, but just try to stay with it, you know, and, and when you get your break, enjoy it, but let's try to play the best we can heading into it so we keep ourselves in a good position heading into the second half.
0: One of the things that I, I think helps is that with this particular group, they seem to take so much joy in each other's successes. So when, say, Miguel was named and Irvin was named, you could feel the energy not just in their lockers but around the room, and then Brandon Kinsler gets added, and that takes you up to another level. Start with Kinsler. How much fun for you as a manager to get to make that phone call?
1: Well, I, I think uh, you know you're right on about these guys enjoying other people's successes. Really, that's when it works best. When you know you're you're more happy for someone else than you would be for yourself. And um, I think the All-Star selections uh, indicated that uh, in our mix here. But with Kinsler's addition the other day, I I was I was very very happy and privileged to to make that call to him. And and you know the emotion was pretty raw. He really had trouble digesting the fact that it was really happening, and, you know, we've we've documented a story about coming over here and uh, a good find by our scouts, and he merges into a role that no one really could have imagined when we signed him, and he's, and he's been, you know, he hasn't been perfect, but he's been pretty darn close. It, it, I just couldn't be happy for him and his family to have a chance to go down there and represent the Minnesota Twins in the All-Star game.
0: I know, Corey, and you discussed this a, a bit earlier in the week, but when you make a call like that, or you call a guy into your office for... For a celebratory reason, do you mess with them a little bit? Do you build up to the drama, or do you just get right to it?
1: I think there's a time where you can mess a little bit, um, but when I think it's something that's going to be a lifelong treasured moment, you don't you don't try to make it too humorous because I think the moment it will stand on itself, just the truth of it. So, you know, I was. We we obviously when when I called him he was in the midst of his family routine in the morning so um, I you know I acknowledged that but then I got I just got down to the heart of it and uh, it, it was a great phone call to make
0: and with uh, with Miguel and Irvin do you get to do that in a team setting does that also have a, a special uh, feeling all its own because the whole group's Well we
1: we did that in Kansas City and uh, you know the difference in acknowledging Kinsler in front of his teammates was that everybody already knew with uh, Irvin and and Miguel. You know the announcement had been private, and I was the one to deliver the news. And it was, it was, you know, a good moment for me as well, telling those guys. And but I also knew that Kinsler had made it, and I was hoping that he did. So I had to incorporate that—that that I I didn't want to really single him out from everyone else, but I thought he deserved that moment too. So we we enjoyed the congratulatory uh, mood of of Miguel and and Irvin, but I think everyone went to uh, uh, over to our closers. Locker as well, and, made, and let him know that we, we thought he should be an all star. And sure enough, it worked out.
0: Yeah, it works out. And all three representing the Twins, of course, uh, in Miami over the next couple of days. We'll take our first break. We'll come back. Lots to discuss about uh, plans for the break. We've got the first half to kind of look back at a little bit. And most importantly of all, today's matchup Twins and Orioles as the Twins try to close out a strong home stand. This is the Paul Oilers Show brought to you by Killer Root Beer on your home for Twins Baseball.
1: This is Paul Molitor. You're listening to the Alternative Channel at 96.3, your home for Twins Baseball.
0: You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Happy Sunday morning. It's the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killebrew Rootbeard. Made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. Let's stay with the all-star break stuff uh, here for a bit, Paul. Uh, some players really need a break. Just maybe it's the innings, maybe sure. it's just they're tired. Uh, and some guys, you, you probably wish they could just keep on steaming through when they they find their stride at the right time. Do you have guys in both categories right now?
1: Uh, I haven't thought a lot of, about specifically. I, I do know that we have some guys that the break is coming at a really good time. I mean, uh, you know, the first one that jumps into my mind, to be honest with you, is is, is Duffy. Yeah. I think that, you know, the transition of the bullpen has gone very well. Uh, but I think as of late, it's the routine and the difference of starting and being coming out of Penn is, uh, is affected him a little bit, so I, I'm looking forward to giving him a little bit of a break. I, I think he's available today, which is good. Uh, you know, a lot of guys that are playing well, you know, Rosario, um, a lot of guys that have gotten hot here over the past couple of weeks, like to see it going, but I, I don't really think the break will be an interrupter to those type of things, so it, it's welcome for everybody, to tell you the truth.
0: Yeah, and kind of a bonus for Tyler, he doesn't have to travel on the back end. He goes home to Houston and then right there to open the 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 second half you mentioned Eddie Rosario you're three young outfielders and we've been watching them all year and and, you know it's a developmental uh, process it's different for every single player but I don't know if there's been a time where all three have been playing as confidently as aggressively and as well at the same time as they have over the course of the last week
1: we all know the capabilities of these three guys and when they get it going collectively at the same time it, it, it really bodes well for our chances to win games because of their defense and offensive prowess, you know, they, they all can, you know, steal a base. They can hit it over the fence. They uh, have ability to get clutch hits. So, yeah, the, the old three guys have been, been going much better as of late. Kep has stepped it up, and and Byron seems to finally getting to a point where he's a little more comfortable with some of the adjustments that he's made. And Rosie, he always tells me, just wait till til the weather gets warm. He, you know, <laughs> he, he tries to survive, I think, uh, early on, uh, just keep it respectable, and then he always expects, expects a surge in the summer, and he's been right about it this time.
0: You talk about Byron offensively at the three straight multi-hit games. He's uh, t- t- changed his leg kick a little bit, just trying to stay more athletic, and, and it, it's showing results. W- were you a tinkerer with your swing, with your stance, or were you kind of the same guy? Uh, and when you see players doing that, working with James and Rudy, does the hitter in you come out do you do you weigh in on those conversations
1: you know I, I pick my spots um, I, I respect our coaches uh, in each area including our hitting guys you know they you know James will come to me once in a while and he'll say you have some ideas for me about a specific hitter and I'll give my input to it uh, you know so I, I do have opinions here and there I, I certainly don't try to clone guys after what I used to do because it worked for me because everyone's different. You know, I I think that as far as my own personal tinkering, I I had a lot of trouble chasing off-speed pitches when I was young, and I had to make an adjustment to be able to see the ball a little bit longer with two strikes. And it kind of evolved from there into that no-stride thing that I ended up going with the second half of my career. So I think it's a good tool to have for guys that are having trouble striking out and they have speed as a weapon because you need to put the ball in play. And I think we're seeing a more consistent approach from Byron because he's made some of those adjustments.
0: Sometimes uh, fans will see changes or hear about changes and think, oh, my gosh, it's all, you know, oh my, it's over, red alert, <laughs> red alert. But as a hitter, I mean, even even a great hitter, you're always making adjustments of some sort, aren't you, even throughout the course of a season?
1: I think that through the season you make adjustments, through your career you make adjustments. Uh, you know, the name that jumps into my head is is Cal Ripken. I mean, I this guy's a Hall of Fame player, and we all know what he did as far as his consecutive game streak, but that guy had a 1,000 stances. You know, he <laughs> copied Mickey Tettleton for a while, and then he went into a deep crouch and then upright and then hands over his head and then hands tucked in close. Uh, you can't be afraid to try things, you know. And every once in a while, you'll find one that works for a while, and you go with it until it doesn't work, and then you try something new.
0: Think about that. You're Cal Ripken. You're an icon in the game, and you're thinking, yeah, maybe I'll I'll try to hit like Mickey
1: Tettleton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eat
0: Fruit Loops like Mickey Tettleton too. That, that that worked for him. Uh, you've had a, a a lot of different faces in your clubhouse first half of the year between uh, yeah. weather and roster and juggling pitching and performance. Have there been any guys who rolled through? Uh, who surprised you, like that you weren't – you know, maybe you didn't know a lot about it, hadn't seen a whole lot of and you were pleasantly surprised by the type of, uh, of what they brought to your team. And your well,
1: goals. you know, I, I think most of the guys that we have brought up, I had at least a glimpse of in spring training. Uh, you know, more most recently, granted, we saw him yesterday take a really good at-bat. And so, the, you know – one not bad, you can't make a huge judgment, but I... He did I, get a uh,
0: standing ovation for popping out.
1: That was that was a heck of an appearance for him, to grind <laughs> out after falling behind 0-1-2 and still see 11, 11 12 pitches, pitches whatever yeah. it was, And uh, but some of the other guys that I'm not familiar with, you know, we brought in people like, you know, G and Heston and Turley, who I didn't really get to see much in spring training. Um, I, I don't know if there's any surprises, because we have such good communication and video capabilities, you get a pretty good idea of what these guys are going to look like, but I'll tell you, I think it's an understatement about the roster moves this year. The, the, through the first half, it's been constant. It's it's not fun having to bring people in, to send them down, and all the uh, you know, all the moves we've had to make as far as getting guys on the shuttle back and forth. But you know, it's it, the, the the new rules allow you to do more, and we've tried to take advantage where we could.
0: Yeah, and had to take advantage at times. Correct. So You've uh, you've been able to to juggle that quite nicely. We'll take a break. Come back, talk about today's matchup: Twins and Orioles on your home for Twins baseball. This is Chris Atterbury, and you're listening to the Paul Molitor Show on Go 96.3. Chris Atterbury, welcoming you back to a big Sunday here across our network. Headed into the All-Star break, we'll have Inside Twins around noon. Our pregame lineup card, then the Twins tangle with the Orioles. This is the Paul Molitor Show, and Paul, kind enough to join us here in studio. It's brought to you by Killabrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends. Are made none bigger around here than Harmon Killebrew and uh, Paul. Uh, let's talk about today because it's the difference between a four and three home stand or a really nice five and two home stand. Uh, you guys have had some really solid games. Uh, one of the best wins of the year, I think, probably a couple of nights ago. You've got Kyle Gibson on the mound. Kyle seems, he's not so young right now, but Kyle yeah. seems to have righted himself to where he feels good about what he's doing and he's a little more consistent in the type of output you're getting from him over the course of the last month or so.
1: I, I think that the confidence has grown for him. Uh, I think our confidence in him has grown. Uh, you know, he's, he's kind of had that career it's a little bit hard to describe in terms of at times when he's been, you know, really good and other times where he just seems to you know lose that attack mindset and he gets a little tentative and he turns those maybe one or two run innings into four or five run innings and and we've seen improvement in those regards from strike throwing to poise on the mound to you know if someone hits one hard that doesn't mean you have to dance around the next guy you go right back on the hill and you start attacking again so i thought his last start was one of the better ones he had and and he's got a chance to uh you know head us into the break on on a good note today so you know, we're facing a guy that we've seen plenty. He's another guy with a lot of movement on his pitches. He's had a little trouble with command, and we've got to make him throw strikes. He's a little bit susceptible to the running game, so hopefully we can take advantage there and, and uh, we find a way to win a game and give us a good home stand heading into the All-Star break.
0: That, of course, is Ubaldo Jimenez, and you guys are raced in a matchup between Gibson and Jimenez, a 5-0 deficit to win a game in Baltimore. The other night, it was a 6-0 deficit. You had to like to fight, your team showed in that ballgame, to come from behind and not give up on a contest.
1: It was a really good win for us. Uh, you know, those big comebacks are tougher to come by today just because of length of bullpens and uh, various uh, other scenarios and where it's just it's just tough and I, I I'm sitting there thinking we got a chance in this game, but we're going to have to do the damage in the middle innings because if you get down to their guys later in the pen and you know the the odds kind of start to stack up against you and uh, we knew Britain was back in the fold and all those type of things but it, it was a lot of fun to watch that game kind of turn around and, and swing in our favor, our bullpen putting up all the zeros they did and give us a chance. Uh, the, my last point on that, it was, I get asked about momentum all the time and a win like that and what's it going to do for you, and then yesterday we come out, we only score one. So you, you realize that each, each game kind of stands on its own regardless of what might happen the previous night.
0: Well, one thing that struck me about the comeback, and again we talk a lot about your team still fairly young, is that it's easy to start trying to just hit a three-run homer with nobody on base in those situations But your guys stuck with the game plan. We saw even the big guys going the other way, hitting the ball to right field, scratching one out, you know, take a hit by pitch. And in doing so, eventually you tilted that snowball down the hill.
1: You know, you you really preach that. I know that our minor league people preach that. uh, You know, you try to stay with what you do. The best way to make a comeback or give yourself a chance to come back throughout the course of a game is to just try to take good at-bats. And a good at-bat doesn't mean hitting a home run. It means making a guy work, getting pitch counts up, try to get in their bullpen, get on base any way you can, and then trust the guy behind you is going to do the same. You know, you string together four, five, six good at-bats in a row, you got a pretty good chance to put a number up there, and I I think we saw some of that the other night.
0: As a defensive player, too, can you feel that? Uh, Wherever you're lining up, when a team starts to do that and it starts to move, I just feel like, you're you're constantly then putting pressure on a defense standing out there behind the pitcher, wondering, uh-oh, here comes another one. Where's this ball sure. going
1: to go? Sure. Yeah, I think it's tough for for the teams that have had a little bit of uh, history this year of of having trouble protecting leads. You know, that's that here we go again type of feeling. Uh, we've been there last year. We went through a lot where you know we'd get some early leads and we just wasn't sure how the game was going to proceed from that point, but. Uh, you know that, that one of the most common phrases of the game is you know play nine innings, and some days it's a little harder to grind it out, but you got to do everything you can to give your club a chance.
0: You play today with four days uh, four days off coming. Uh, everybody, all hands on deck. You can you can maybe manage a little differently, whether it's a pinch runner, whether it's bullpen usage, knowing you've got some time off.
1: I think it's true. I think that the last few days we've talked about some bullpen guys that <clears throat> maybe be extended a little bit here over the past three four games, but you know they got the four days off coming, like you mentioned, and so. So it gives you a little more flexibility to go ahead and run guys out there.
0: That's Paul Molitor. We're back with one final segment. It is the Paul Molitor Show right here on your home for Twins baseball. Final segment here. It's the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killebrew Rupert. Made in Minnesota. How memories are created. Legends are made. Headed to the All-Star break. Twins trying to finish off a strong first half. Versus the Orioles today. Paul Molitor in studio. You're going to kick back with some Kilbura root beers over the uh, the next four days. You got big uh, big plans to get a little family time in.
1: Well, I'm a fan of Harmon, as you well know, and his root beer. So, <laughs> we'll, you know, it, it goes good with any type of summertime activity. Uh, you know, our family, my wife Destiny, my kids, we're going to, you know, hopefully get a chance to get out of town here, stay in Minnesota, get a little bit of a break. Um, you know, you just miss out on so much, so many things in the summertime, and this is a small window, but you try to take advantage when you can.
0: I know you get the same questions people will ask me. Wow, also, but you're going to watch the game, you're going to be in front of it?" And I have to say, you know, I love these guys. I wish them well. I, I will not be watching. I am going to turn off uh, everything for a couple of days. Where do you fall on that?
1: Uh, I have watched them occasionally along the way when it's worked out, but, uh, you know, it's not high on my list of the things <laughs> to do the next four days. I'm sure I'll get plenty of reports. And the All-Star game for baseball, it's a big deal. I think it's the best of all the All-Star games. Uh, and there's always the big buildup. It's gotten longer, the voting process and how we shape our rosters. But you come back on Thursday, and it's kind of an afterthought, you know. So uh, I wish our guys well. I'm in the home run contest, and I hope they all get a chance to participate and contribute. But – uh yeah, I, I, there's a good chance I'll be with you. I don't think I'll be uh, checking it out too closely.
0: As you say, you you miss so many things, whether it's just dinner with your family or putting your kids to bed or whatever. Yeah. And these are kind of four special no doubt. days. No uh, doubt. Let's uh, talk about your personal All-Star experiences either as a fan, as a kid. I mean, obviously Minnesota's hosted a, a couple of times, watching guys like Harmon, uh, and then also as a player. I mean, what did, do you, when you think All-Star game, do you have specific things that, that jump up into your head?
1: Well, you know, Briefly, I, I remember watching a lot of All Star games as a kid. And, you know, Harmon was my favorite guy. So I remember him hitting a home run. I also remember him uh, getting injured during an All Star yeah. game. My, I, my playing days in All Star games aren't worth talking about much. I think I ended up with like seven or eight at bats in however many games I was in. And I had one hit, it was off John Smoltz. And uh, other than that, I didn't do too much. I did get on by catcher's interference one time in an uh, All Star game. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> the only player to reach first base by catcher's interference in All Star history. But my most memorable All Star game was a game I didn't play in. It was '99, uh, the year after I retired, and we had the big ceremony in Boston. They had the hundred greatest players of the century, and the Ted Williams moment on the on the out there by uh, the pitcher's mound, and I was fortunate. I was on the field for that. I think Ron Coomer was our representative for the Twins. But I got a chance to sit there and and, and be a part of that moment, uh, watch Pedro Martinez dazzle. Uh, early in that game with the consecutive strikeouts. So I wasn't even a participant, but that's the one that sticks out for me. Oh, and
0: I think that's one of the iconic All-Star moments. There have been many, you know, Reggie on the roof and sure. uh, Fred Lynn, but that that's right there, Tony Gwynn pushing Ted out there at, uh, at, at Fenway Park. The, the clubhouse is when you get that many great players together, and you've seen this now at the ultimate level when you go back for, for the Hall of Fame. What's it like having that many elite players in one room is it a camaraderie is it in in your era maybe more so a hey you're the enemy we're trying to beat you for the pennant we're not getting too close what is that dynamically like?
1: well you know when you're young and you go it's uh it's it for me it was very intimidating um i i remember being very nervous walking into my first all-star clubhouse you know a lot of the people uh that were representing the american league at that time were guys that i had watched and helped build my fervor for the game of baseball so uh you know, but if you get a chance and you're fortunate to go to multiples, you start to settle in, you understand the routine, you still try to enjoy all the experiences. You get to know guys that you compete against on a little bit more personal level. Um, but you realize it's a big spectacle, and, uh, you know, to be able to savor those moments, try to take those visual pictures and carry them with you, uh, it, it's a rare opportunity, and you never take them for granted.
0: Yeah, well said, Paul. Outstanding. Good luck today. Enjoy your break. We'll see you on the plane for Houston and uh, kick off what hopes to be a thrilling back half of this 2017 season. Mm
1: Always oh, good, man. Good show today and uh let's get a win let's as we do it. head into the break. That's
0: Paul right, Molitor. Thanks. This is the Paul Molitor show. Twins and the Orioles today. Kyle Gibson, Ubaldo Jimenez, that's coming up at one. Prior to that, we got the premium lineup card at twelve thirty at noon. It's inside twins. Boy Provis will host that one with members of the Minnesota Twins front office on behalf of Jack, who's probably sunning himself on the beach right now in Miami and Paul Molitor, Chris Satterberry saying so long on your home for Twins Baseball.